Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Welcome to episode 15 season three of this spiritual fix. Today we are concluding our self-pleasuring panel. Enjoy. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. So I wanted to give you guys a couple of interesting stats. This is according to a 2018 Global Self-Pleasure Report by Tenga, T-E-N-G-A. The respondents were predominantly in the United Kingdom, the United States, and Germany, but other countries were surveyed. First, they found that on a global level, 78% of adults in the world masturbate, yet respondents across each country underestimated the number of people who take part in self-pleasure by an average of 11%. For instance, 92% of American men masturbate, but Americans think only 83% of men do. 76% of American women masturbate, but Americans think that only 66% of women do. According to the survey, 78% of adults in the world masturbate, including 96% of British men, 93% of German men, 92% of American men, 78% of British women, 76% of German women, and 76% of American women. Only 18% of the respondents in the United States, 15% in the UK, and 11% in Germany feel it's important to talk about masturbation with people they are close with. Of the countries surveyed, India, Mexico, and Brazil are ranked highest for sex life satisfaction. 57% of younger millennials, that's 18 to 24 years old, masturbate weekly, more likely than any other age group. And of those who masturbate, gay and bisexual individuals are 20% more likely to masturbate weekly than heterosexual individuals. The average age of people begin masturbating very slightly by country. It's 15.2 in the United States, the age is 15.3 in the UK, and 15.8 in Germany. Getting into sex toys, people in the United States who used sex toys report being more satisfied with their sex life across all metrics, especially when looking at quality. That's 82% versus 55, and frequency, 78 versus 55 of masturbation. And 53% of American men are open to using a sex toy on himself. 71% are open to using one on his partner. An informal 2010 study found that 50% of people found that masturbation was effective in curing insomnia. So what are the conclusions that we can draw? Well, for one thing, 
A lot of people are doing it, but we don't necessarily know that everyone's doing it. There are so many reasons why we don't talk about it. Whether it's religious purity cultures, whether it is something that you don't feel comfortable talking to your partner about, whether it's something that you were made to feel shame about as a kid growing up, there are so many reasons why we don't talk about it. But three quarters of us are doing it. And everyone has a sex life with themselves, whether they're admitting it or not. Many of us do. So wouldn't it be better off if we were all forthcoming about it? Stay tuned to the rest of the panel for more interesting advice on how to talk about this with a partner, as well as how self-pleasuring can affect our spiritual practices. So the interesting factoid is the fact that when men have orgasms, they only release dopamine. And when women have orgasms, they release oxytocin and dopamine. And obviously when I say women and men, heteronormative <laughs> cis people using that description, obviously intersex will have some sort of combination of the two or difference as it comes to that, where they are, depending on where that is. But I just thought that was an interesting fact is that oxytocin, which is known as the love and the cuddling hormone is released in orgasm in a, in a female body and and just dopamine for men so they get the the automatic that's odd to me because john gray and men are from mars women are from venus says that sex is the doorway to the heart for men so like it would seem that they would release oxytocin but i don't know yeah i don't know yeah no maybe maybe it's a hormone that we don't know but it does it, it forms a similar it's similar process so with that kind of as the the setup Obviously, ma solo sex, masturbation, and, and sometimes the orgasms that achieve from it can, can really facilitate our life in a lot of different ways, whether that's mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. And I wanted you guys to just kind of go into whatever you felt comfortable with to say, like, how does your practice of solo sex kind of facilitate things in your life? Or what do you hope that it will, you know, in the future, if you have aspirations for what that is? Jeff, do you want to start this time? I would love to start. I thank you. I, this is definitely a huge avenue that I am exploring and that I'm very curious around. And, and I find it to be more subtle and more around the more sensitive I get and the more present paying attention I am to my energy and my, how it's manifesting in my life. Do I start to see what comes from, there you go. There's your pun. What, what happens from the <laughs> the energetic experience of self-pleasuring with with or without orgasm and if i do it in a way that is just like very almost mission oriented i feel like i want to masturbate and and have the orgasm what is around like what is the impetus for that that desire and then what comes on the other side of it so i've been very interested in this and this is for me as a spiritual exploration it's it's exploring my my human experience and being a student of it. And so the, what's been profound and I mentioned it earlier is, is my relationship with, first of all, the quality of my ability to receive, which energetically is a feminine of the feminine energetic archetype is the ability to receive and uptake pleasure. And it was something that I, I mean, I think that we are, pleasure seeking machines, especially in our society that's wired for dopamine and, and wanting to get these hits, but to really choose that is a very interesting and different dynamic in my experience. And so like I shared with the yoga practices, there's a fundamental different 
experience, then, you know, I'm going to do yoga for this reasons. I, I might feel good afterwards. It might shift my energy versus in the yoga, in the yoga, being fully receiving and uptaking the pleasure. Same thing when I'm touching my body, like I mentioned before, if I'm self-pleasuring and it's, I'm lying on my back in bed and just feeling my body and really uptaking, really receiving that pleasure and just enjoying it, enjoying it shifts my energy. And I think, and I, well, I don't think I really, I really see how this shifts my moment to moment consciousness throughout the day of what can I receive from this? Because it like Samadhi in, in the ancient traditions and the lineage of yoga and the spiritual path leading us to this enlightenment, Nirvana, Samadhi, these different terms that we've used for it is, is like a ecstatic orgasmic life like happening. And I see little moments of that where it's like, okay, like how can I open myself up to this moment and receive more of it and see how that feels in my body? And so my relationship with self-pleasuring is very coinciding with that of how can I feel into the energy and, and really align myself to choose to choose more of what's pleasureful for me. And then the, it's that yoga practice and that one experience that I had, the story I shared earlier, that is has been really profound that that allowed me to recognize there's big unconscious shifts that can that can happen from this. So I'm always curious around what gets moved unconsciously, meaning I, I, I wasn't necessarily able to connect dots, but for whatever reason, that the process I went through, the ritual of releasing bondage from being the how I oriented myself and my relationship with my mother energetically to that manifesting in some way towards the ways in which I would numb or or in the way the ways in which I would self-placate like sucking my thumb when I would be asleep completely disappear and that for me is like so fascinating and and it also informs me that there's an unconscious this is deep unconscious energy especially when we're talking about our root root chakra that there might not be a conscious answer or a, a way that I can connect dots. And maybe I can talk with somebody who's a master in this and, and be able to connect dots. However, what I get really curious about is, well, if I continue on this pathway of receiving pleasure and enjoying and, and really loving what my body can do and what my body can feel, how does that manifest in ways that I have no clue, no clue how that's going to come through? No clue what what mountains in my life that will move what seemed impossible one second is then possible just because some big energy shifted for me. So in, in terms of how I'm looking at it as a spiritual practice, I have the self-pleasuring, the, the way of touching myself and receiving and uptaking that. And then there's when I masturbate with, you know, the intention that I want to have an orgasm. And when I do that, there's more of a sense of fantasy. There's, it's very interesting that we touched on this before, like the objective. It's like, I'm, I know what I want. I'm going to get my orgasm and I'm going to get my dopamine hit from this. And then the really, even my practice is evolving and receiving and uptaking the pleasure of that process of that process too. And in the moment of climax to to how much can I expand and take in, receive that pleasure? And just my nervous system is like, oh, so good, so good, so good. So like complete in that moment. 
And it's been, it's definitely been a journey because I want that to be for me healthy in a way that is the way I orient my mind for it, the way that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be very present with the experience rather than creating an, an attachment or an aversion to, you know, whatever the shame is around that as well. And like I said before, the, the shame component, and I still get, I still can recognize the shadow, the shadow feelings, the, the way shame shows itself or the way of worthiness presents itself in my life too. And I recognize those as, wow, in this moment, I can feel this triggered. And what, what, what tools do I know? What can I do? I can breathe with it. I can try and connect with the sensation and see if I can move that energy in the moment. And it gets exciting when I think about, especially in the context of this conversation, my sexual relationship with my sexual energy, my energy, as Anna said, it just energy. How does that shift things for me without, I don't not needing to fix something or understand something or rewrite something. I'm just letting it, I'm allowing it. And that, yeah, there's infinite possibility. It's profound. So I love, I love that, that my relationship with it has evolved to this point and is, is still going in that direction. Awesome. Awesome. It's such an amazing evolution, right? When you think about that whole world, like I have, um, I have a dowsing teacher and he's like, and he talks a lot about the fact that sexual energy is, is one of the most transformative tools that you can possibly have for manifesting. Right. So we talk, you know, we've mentioned in our past episodes about sex magic and things like that, but even just like masturbatory energy that gets created, even if there is necessarily no orgasm, but just like think about all the orgasms that are going on in the entire world and think if you could like harness all those orgasms for like world peace or some shit like that, you know, like that's very cliche to say world peace, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, world understanding, like, could you just imagine? cultivating all of that sexual energy and just being like, we're going to, we're going to transform this and transmute so much more pleasure. Anyway, as that is the, the thought that came up with that. Thank you. The transmutation of that energy. That's the very thing that I'm, I'm curious about yeah. very much. It's like when I can be in that ecstatic state or experience and then have an intention or, or have a, a welcoming in of something in my life mm-hmm. with that energy or with that vibration, Profound. Profound. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Christy, do you want to go? Absolutely. So I don't have as much background in spirituality and energy and all of that. And I think it's beautiful. I'm loving learning about all of this. And I'm definitely going to apply a lot of what I'm learning today into practice in my own life. Thank you, Jeff, so much for really sharing all of that with me. I I love it. My friend Stephanie speaks very highly about you guys in your podcast and all that you've shared with her. And she has really shared so much information with me that I have learned to apply little by little into my own life and my own practices. So this is just a continuation of that. And I'm so happy with that. But as for masturbation, I haven't applied those practices into my own self-pleasuring life, I guess you would say, for where I stand right now. Masturbation and self-pleasure is really just that for me. When I take the time, I know 
that it is for me. It is my own time. Nobody is going to bother me. Nothing else is going to bother me. It is just me focused on myself and what I want. And whether or not I achieve orgasm isn't really the point. It is just that I am there to be with myself and my body and focus on making myself feel good. But I am looking forward to kind of getting into a little bit more of the spiritual side and kind of working on applying that into my life because it sounds so fulfilling to focus your energy on different things like that in different ways. So thank you so much, Jeff, for really sharing more in depth on that. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Yeah. 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 And you know what I love, Christy, too, is that, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot on on the podcast is about how spirituality can look in so many different it can look like so many different things right it can look like it can look like i'm going to harness the spiritual energy of orgasms on a frat party on saturday night to be able to transform into world peace you know that could be a practice but you know because it's like feels like an altruistic thing but it can also be i feel like what you're doing is spiritual that's exactly that's it that's exactly what it is right is that you taking that moment and being with yourself and 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 guarding that time and holding space for yourself so that you can still have this sacred practice to you is so deeply spiritual right it is just it's profound it's profoundly spiritual to have that moment for yourself so like it's really important to acknowledge that (laughs) yeah thank you guys thank you i'm I'm doing it. Yeah. You're doing it. Exactly. You definitely got that yes. like oracle <laughs> goddess. Yes. You know? Oh, I feel that in my spirit. So here I am. I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. You're doing yeah. it. Like the Greek vessel, the you know, the Greek goddess, temple, oh, oracle. That's the, yeah. Delphi. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Or Aphrodite. Got yeah. some Aphrodite, Aphrodite energy there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah. No. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, that's like a really important thing in general, just to, to say is that like, whatever it is, like, I feel like masturbation in particular has this way of being so profoundly powerful as a spiritual practice that that's, I mean, if you, like, like Anna said earlier, if you were going to choose something to try and corrupt, if a church or was trying, if you were trying to get a power over people, the first thing you would do would be to try and corrupt masturbation, right? Because wow. nobody can control you in that space. You know, no one can, that is a massive amount of powerful spiritual energy that you are generating in your body. And it is such a profound tool for transformation and transmutation in your own life. Of course, it'd be the first thing you would be like, let's see if we can add some shame to this. Let's call it masturbation, which means defilement by hand, defiling of the body by hand and see what we can do to try and corrupt this because this is the power. So much power sits here. So, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to say that. I wanted to say that to you, Christy, because I mean, of course, I'm using spiritual parlance or I'm, I'm this is how this has been my journey of navigating the shadows of my experience and shame and everything. And I've learned to put no language to it, but I have so much respect to what you shared of just how you take and, and really I, I hear you in, enjoying and being in that pleasurable state, which is so much of the practice that I want to cultivate as well. 
So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Anna. Well, I'm kind of like a, a mixed bag of all you guys. Cause I have like goal-driven masturbation, shadow work, masturbation, and then self-love masturbation. So like for goal-driven masturbation, that's like when I have a agenda, like I'm going to orgasm to either relieve a headache or make myself go to sleep or just release sexual tension that's been built in the day or even manifesting. So for manifesting, our shaman taught us that like, as you start to orgasm, you visualize or imagine that thing that you're manifesting, like new car, new job, whatever. And you kind of like, as you're having that orgasm, you breathe in and have it come up and through your head. And you imagine like whatever it is you're trying to create gets funneled up in that energy. So it's like, orgasm is the ultimate creation energy. So I'll, I'll like, if I'm have a goal, like sometimes I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to put some orgasmic energy into this to kind of like jumpstart it and send that up. And then like for shadow work, what I'll do is sometimes I'll have like, it's, it, it's, it's gotten a lot better, but I like Christy was raised in a family where there was not a lot of shame about sex. I was raised Jewish and there isn't a lot of sexual shame in Judaism. And if there was, it was just kind of omitted from my family. So my family was very open about nudity and sex and pleasure. And luckily I didn't have that purity culture stuff, but nevertheless, I did experience some self-shame with the kind of fantasies that I would have, because I would have fantasies that I thought were not things that I should quote unquote, be thinking about. And so I had, I was actually, a, again, a boyfriend that was like, well, that's just everyone has their own taste and that's just your particular taste. And like, there's nothing wrong with you. And I kind of sometimes for shadow work, it's like, I'll experience myself fantasizing about things that are quote unquote bad. And I will take that as a, like, this is me. This is me as a human. This is me totally like, no matter what I'm thinking, I'm still a good person. And this is like, about the whole self-worth thing. So like for me, I have to work on self-worth, not in terms of like, it's okay to masturbate because I don't have that purity shit, but to be like the things that turn me on, don't make me bad. The things that turn me on don't have anything to do with my value as a person. So there, there's that. And then like the third thing is a lot like Christie's like very rarely, especially because I'm a mom now. And, and like, yes, I orgasm like maybe daily, but that's usually a goal-driven reason, but like the whole self-love thing, the pampering the taking the time, taking a hot shower, massaging the oils, like really being loving to myself. That doesn't happen that often. And that actually is very low on my list because I'm very goal-driven about it just because I live in a very, or I've created a very goal-driven life for like, I have to do this, this, and this. But like, I do want to be more like Christy and be like, this is more of like a time for me to love myself. And sometimes even in the day, it doesn't even have to have anything to do with stimulating my genitals is just like, if I'm walking in nature, I try to tell myself like, this is God. Like if you're atheist, I hope I don't offend, but like, I'll be like, this is God making love to me. A creation to me and energy to me is neutral. And so it's everywhere. So if I'm lying in the ocean, feeling ocean waves on me, I'm like, this is God making love to me. If I'm walking down the street and I hear birds singing, I'm like, this is God flirting with me. Cause to me, I don't necessarily see God as like this father figure. I see him as my lover. And so I try to, as much as possible, kind of incorporate feeling like the world is making love to me all day, but doesn't always happen, but that's my intention. As usual. That's amazing, Anna. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That was beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, that's... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, 
Uh, well, I had this experience at this Tantra temple in India where I had a full body orgasm where like the whole body started shaking. And I was luckily with a teacher who understood what was happening. And my whole body was an orgasm for like two hours shaking in this temple. Apparently it happens often at this temple. And like the teacher, Sethi and Raja, who's in episode, I think two of the, the season was like, what, how does this feel? Like what is happening? And I'm like, God is fucking me. And like, it felt like God wants us to experience pleasure and God, you know, we have this, God is my father and I have to be a good girl for him and all this. But it's like, I really believe that God is our lover and he wants us to experience or she, whatever, wants us to experience pleasure. Uh (laughs) Yeah, there's a, there's a quote that George Carlin says, and he's going to, he uses the, the he for it, but he says, if God had intended us not to masturbate, he would have made our arms shorter. (laughs) (laughs) we would have just found longer vibrators (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) we will always find a way we'll always find a way there's no way you can put all of those stimulating things going on and not have us just be like continually right is that funny like i remember as a kid there's like a yoga there's a hold and 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 jeff correct me if i'm wrong but like where you put your heel in your perineum right mm-hmm. there's like it's like a it's a basically a thing that, that stops it, it it acts like a mula banda which is like the hold on the actual perineum but it it artificially does it right so that like and whenever you're crossing you're not artificially doing it but you're you're physically doing it from the outside using your heel to effectively create a stopper in your body right so energetically instead of the the energy going up through your head and out and then out through your perineum and out you're kind of, you know, putting a bottom so that your energy can circulate in a different way in your body. And when I was a kid, I didn't sit in any other position besides like I always sat on my heel all the time. And then when I learned what that meant, I was like, oh, there must be a reason that I'm like, I just always want to be in that energetic place. <laughs> I feel like that was a random side note. But did anybody else ever do that? Or is that just me? Like you're always like, instead of like crisscross applesauce, I was like, yeah, I'm going to Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) It's amazing. You got to find the right spot. I'll wait till after we've been training since we were young, but you know, you'll find it. You'll find it. And then it'll make it would it it made class so much more interesting. (laughs) Right. She's like, I'm just going to rock back and forth right now. process. Or put Legos in your panties and go to school. Or put Legos in your panties and do it. Like, there are just so many ways of doing it. I mean, that's a, that's a fascinating thing, too. Like, you know, when it comes to, to partners and, and, and things like that, like learning about male stimulation and just like how much more surreptitious and secretive women can be about their experiences is like, I feel like it's a boon in a world where there aren't many boons, um, so to speak, for being a woman. Um, so, so kind of just to finish the question and went to what we we're talking about in terms of spiritual work, you know, I, this season I've been going through uh, a, a fun time with the mother wound and kind of really experiencing that for myself and kind of what, like I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the interview is, is that, you know, we, you know, I was looking at, I could see right away that the mother wound and masturbation were very closely linked and having kind of just come out of the mother wound work. I'm now recognizing this kind of fear of intimacy that I have in general with myself. And we, you know, uh, there was an interview that we did not to give anything away, but there was an interview that we did, which is going to be airing in the future from this episode, but 
they mentioned how there was a monk who had a, a past life issue with having a fear of intimacy, which meant that they couldn't get into a deep meditation in, within themselves, right? It was like really interesting because most people say fear of intimacy is a fear of intimacy with another person, but you never even think about it as a fear of intimacy with yourself right that you're like that there is that that can be that deep fear so what i'm kind of foraying into and i know that this episode you know listening to you guys talk today is like really going to thrust me into that space which i'm super excited about to be thrust into a space um <laughs> yeah I don't know, puns will never stop yeah yeah i want to see where this goes i mentioned before about like how i'm ready for the other thing you know as growing up i only was i was a single orgasm kind of gal because the shame would come up so quickly afterwards. I realized that there was like definitely past lives is like a, a nun and a priest and all these different things that were like, I definitely am working on kind of unraveling, but I was always like a one orgasm kind of gal and I could never, I could just never get over it. I know that there was also physiological things that I, I somebody, shed light on is that like the dopamine hit that you get, like for me having ADHD, that dopamine hit is so intense that like my body just comes becomes completely uninterested in having another orgasm because it's like, oh, I got all the dopamine I need for now. I can go do something else and I'll like my executive functioning is going to work and all this kind of great stuff. So what I'm saying is that like in terms of orgasm, I use it to help me go to sleep. I've used it to help relieve tension. I've used it to have intimacy with a partner, which we'll, we'll kind of get in here in a second, but have intimacy with a partner without having to actually be having to, to be present in the same way, right? But still being able to have those kind of intimate moments, but then also to like, but then also I feel like I'm, I'm just blossoming in this whole new world of like, I, it may not be multiple orgasms. It may be just like this other place of like going beyond the mother wound and seeing if I can actually become intimate with myself on a whole new level. So mutual masturbation, things along those lines. If anyone kind of added how that has contributed to a relationship that you've been in or a current rela relationship that you're in, anything along those lines. And then we'll finish up by everyone kind of giving a, a summary or their top tips or their kind of like the, the takeaways that we have from this. So does anyone want to start with a partnership question? Christy, do you want to start this time? Sure, I'll go okay. ahead and start this time. So I have a lot of different experiences with partnered masturbation. It can go in so many different directions. To start, I'll start with my current relationship. He is gone a good percentage of the time and we are in a fully monogamous relationship so we both masturbate separately and we share that with each other and it kind of brings a a new kind of intimacy to our relationship to be like hey i had you know this wonderful orgasm thinking of you or i you know was masturbating last night and it felt like this so it gives you a little bit of insight into how their body is feeling and how their mind is feeling about you and kind of brings you together on a whole other level and then when we are together we will masturbate in tandem in front of one another because i know a lot of people aren't comfortable masturbating in front of their partner but for us, it kind of brings a, a different kind of aspect into our sex lives because, you know, not everyone is comfortable with that. And it shows vulnerability with your partner and especially how I view masturbation with myself, as I've already told you, it's my time, my space, all about me. And then I let him into my space where it is all about me. 
but it's us together then. And then there's also the times where I don't feel like having sex and I also don't want to give him a blowjob. So I'll give him the option like, yeah, you can jerk off in front of me. Go, I'll be there. <laughs> if you want an assist, I'll give you my left hand. Like it's not my, it's not my A game, but you can have something. So <laughs> like there's that aspect as well. And then there's, you know, it's, it also kinds of, kind of brings into how I've had so much sexual experience in all kinds of different ways with all kinds of different people. And then to kind of share something different with my partner, something that I haven't offered to everyone else. And it's, it's kind of like just for us, like it's our own private yeah. thing yeah. that we do together. And I'm going to send you a video that, you know, I haven't shared with the world and I'm going to give you this bit of vulnerability and share this moment with you. So there are a lot of different aspects with partnered masturbation that I absolutely love. And I think it can bring a little bit of freshness to a relationship that you think might have plateaued sexually. Or if you want to just kind of, I don't know, show your partner how to pleasure you how you like. Because not everyone knows how you want to be pleasured and you can guide them as much as you want. but. For them to see you do it yourself and give them the insight to mimic it a little bit and it gives them, you know, a sense of pride and pleasure that they're going to be able to do what you like and you love and what's going to get you there. So it, a lot of different things for me. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too scattered. <laughs> Oh no, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant, Christy. Thank you. Because I think I think that that's that's the that you described it so well when you described that I'm inviting him into my space, right? Like that's it, right? And that's what it is. Is like you have the temple, you have the space, and it's like this is another type of sacred thing because when we're together and we're having like intercourse or something like that, we're kind of in a, a temple of our own of of mutual making, right? And then when it's like and when it, it it's like you're doing it next to each other, you are inviting him into your temple, which is a sacred place in which only very few people are actually really allowed to be into that inner sanctum that is super, that's yours, right? That's super sacred. So yeah. yes, ab absolutely. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Anna, do you wanna contribute? So I'll just say to keep it general that usually with my partners, if we do do the tandem side by side, it usually always leads to intercourse. Like I just don't have that kind of control to be like, I'm going to masturbate in front of you. And then I'm just going to come. No, it's like, this will be the foreplay. So for me, it's always just been a foreplay thing. It's never been a parallel play thing. The funny thing is this friend, she used to make a joke about Ryan Gosling being her secret husband. Cause she says that sex with her husband after so many years got boring. So she just would like fantasize about Ryan Gosling. Her husband would be like, we're going to go see this movie tonight starring Ryan Gosling. She's like, Oh, perfect. Cause he's the guy I see every night. And she's really funny, but it's made me kind of think like, if you're constantly fantasizing about someone else, when you're having sex, is that a form of masturbation? Because you're not actually present with the person you're elsewhere. So I don't know, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Cause that's a very, I, I wonder, I mean, what does my masturbation entail? Is it the mental aspect of what you share or is it the physical? That's a really great question. Does anyone have a response to that? Does anyone have a thought? No, no I think it's fascinating. <laughs> uh, that's a, that blew my mind. I, I, 
Yeah, I've never actually thought about that before. Yeah. Well, I don't know because like if my if my mind wanders in sex, yeah, my husband knows. He'll just be like, come back to here, you know? So yeah, it's interesting. The the fantasy aspect of that, like you brought up earlier, is very is also very interesting to me because I find that it is something I pay attention to and want there to be a intention behind if I'm having fantasy and, and who is in that fantasy, does that feel right with that energetically? And even the imprint, like you said, with your friend and Ryan Gosling, it is like, how, at what time does that take over the, like the psyche, the part of this is her lover. And then it becomes just masturbation and she's not connecting with her husband. Right. So that's, I am very much a, not in a very, rigid way just enforcing or paying attention to where ha, selecting is a better word my fan what fantasy i'm wanting to create i once had um, a boyfriend very short-lived and he had a porn addiction we were having sex for the first time and he like made me not look at him because he was so in his fantasy that like i couldn't even be there and it made me very uncomfortable so i actually soon after ended it it was just very odd i'm very so glad you ended that relationship for yourself oh yeah no it was like the first time we had sex and i was like this so is just really weird this is super weird and i'm out of here you just become a human fleshlight and it's exactly like, it really, was really weird yeah, yeah that man should go to therapy and really take the time to work on himself and his addiction before seeking yes. out a partner yeah like, it, at the end of the day, people need to know that porn is for entertainment alone. It is not for educational purposes. It is not something that should be utilized 100% of the time, and you shouldn't rely on it to be your own right. fantasy. And that's why I think porn can be dangerous for some people. Not everyone, obviously, people use it in different ways, but... Oh gosh, I hate hearing stories like that. Yeah. I mean, that was only one person ever. So that was like, but still it was, it was just very like, yeah, one might be too many. It's like, this is an interesting, as Christina says, an interesting evolutionary experience. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, right? That's it. I experienced being a human fleshlight once and it was interesting. Don't think I want it again. Anyways, Christina. All right, Jeff, do you want to do you want to talk about partnership and, and self-pleasure? Self-pleasure and partnership? Yeah, I well, I have zero experience of partnership and masturbation in the same space and have been very interested in hearing your experiences. For me in the same space, it is like you were saying Anna, like the desire to come together, to be together is very strong. And so I've never considered that as an option. And hearing you, Christy, talking about how how intimate it is and how that is really, like for just in my imagining, if I project that out there, it would be very vulnerable for me. So it's definitely something I'm willing to explore and be curious about, but just, just to see what comes up and see it, like be very curious about that because that level of intimacy and hearing how connected you are with your partner and that that is really beautiful. So it's uh, very inspiring for me. So I've gotten not nothing else to say other than curiosity. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. And just to to kind of finish up, I I find it I, I'm similar to Anna in a lot of ways in the sense that it feels like it's oftentimes a form of foreplay 
or Christy, it's like you're saying, it's like, I just don't feel like having sex. I'm like, I just, I just don't feel like doing that. And this, this is, this is great. So I will be present. I will hold space for you while you have this experience. Hey. Right. And, you know, I, I, but at the same time, I love, I love the expression of, of having two people side by side with their temples next to each other. And, and that's the thing that I think is really important too. like, being married now for eight or nine years, things need to, to be different and change and they need to evolve. And like, and it is so, so important, I think, in my relationship to encourage that my husband has his own relation, you know, his own relationship with his body and that it becomes that sacred self himself that I need to do the same thing. Like if I just say, okay, well, we're married and, and we're, we have two young kids and it's so hard to have sex. So like, why would you waste your quote, quote unquote, waste your orgasm with yourself as opposed to like, why wouldn't you just pull the other partner in? Like, you know, that's that it, it defeat, it, 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 it loses the sacredness of the relationship that you have with yourself. And, you know, and I think that that if I could, you know, kind of segue into what my top thing would be would be that is that like, you know, my top tip would be like, that, that just because like, they're not, they're almost mutually exclusive, right? Like masturbation and sex should almost I feel like never overlap, like they should be their own practices, right? And, and one doesn't replace the other. I mean, other than if it's foreplay, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's such a sacred and important practice for us to have with ourselves that, you know, we can, we can do both. We can have a sexual relationship. We can do all that. And it is important to kind of maintain that and to kind of maintain both. And that's helped me a lot because, you know, as a, as a mom of a young, of young kids, you know, it's hard to find time with homeschooled kids, right? With, to be with your partner. And then it's, probably even harder to find the time for yourself. So like finding that time for me has been so important. And then, and then, you know, recognizing that there are ebbs and flows in our relationship where it's like, Hey, we're just going to do this next to each other for now. And that is going to be okay. So yeah, that's where I am with that. So I started off that, that kind of top tip and that is kind of my top tip. And, and what I mean by top tips is it could just be a summary. It's like, what would you want people, they took away nothing else from what you've said today and nothing else from the conversation. What would you want them to hear? And, and I kind of segued into that. So who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. Thanks, Anna. My biggest hope of, of people taking away is that we have neurotransmitters all over our bodies designed specifically just for us to receive pleasure. And we wouldn't be capable of having full body orgasms or clitoral orgasms or throat orgasms if the universe did not want us to. And I think it's your sacred birthright to live a pleasurable life. And as much as possible, let go of any kind of shame that's holding you back. And, and letting go of shame is so hard. So instead, maybe instead of focusing on, I'm going to let go of shame, just I'm going to focus on whatever pleasure comes to me today. Beautiful. Thank you. Who wants to go next? Who's inspired? Jeff. I'm inspired. Jeff. You're inspired. Okay, great. Go for it. Yeah. Shy, shy inspired. No. <laughs> um, thank you for that, for that contribution of pleasure and how it is a universal, like it really, we're, we're able to experience pleasure. And so we, we need to develop that ability to experience pleasure. And I think that pleasure feels good and we go towards it because 
there's a biological evolutionary, there's God in that, there's God in that. And so absolutely yes to that. And, and to that end, for any men listening to this or any guys listening to this, I relating to the journey, it's been fascinating listening with you guys and, and having this open conversation. For me, the, the thing to be more curious about is the caress is the touch and without not without the objective of having an orgasm to see if how much pleasure I can get just from touching my body and connecting with my body and being open to that really being a practice that the if we've never done it before the volume might be on mute or it might be really low like how how loud how loud can we tune ourselves into that sensation and really allow that caress to be very pleasurable and satisfying and seeing what what can come from that practice it does that influence my ability to receive pleasure in other ways brilliant thank you thank you jeff no thank you that's a very yeah that's a very important thing and it's something that you know cultivating the divine feminine the yin reception in all men in all of western culture is just i mean in all yes. cultures let's be honest it's just it, it, it will pay dividends. It will pay dividends on our society and our culture, right? It's, it, it's, about, it's about letting the feminine in all of us awaken, right? And receive mm -hmm. what everything is. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Christy. I don't know if I have any, um, you know, standout tips or things that I have overly contributed <laughs> in, in, in this particular conversation. I really love the idea of bringing that pleasure that you find in yourself and the touch and applying that. I love that you guys have really shown me so much today. I think the main tip that I could contribute to the conversation is really taking the time for yourself. And I know how hard it is, you know, being mothers or fathers of young children and having a partner that you may not necessarily connect with on that level 100% of the time or finding the time for yourself can be so difficult when we're so overworked and just go, go, go in the society all of the time. But I think really taking the time for yourself and your self-pleasure and making yourself feel good, even for just a couple of minutes, not only to achieve orgasm and really just get it going, because sometimes it is, you know, I want that dopamine hit right now. I want that, that real drive right now. I think just taking a few minutes to kind of feel your body and feel that pleasure, like, you know, Jeff and Anna were saying, I think it's powerful and beautiful. So I think that's, that's all I've got is just a piggyback on you guys. <laughs> no, it's no, that's, that's brilliant. And you know, that's one of the things that a spiritual teacher once said to me was they said that relaxation is literally the key to every spiritual practice. Like the ability mm. to relax into your body and to be fully in your body allows you to get into the flow. It allows you to find the subtleness and the quietness in your body. And what better way to relax, right? Than <laughs> what better with the big O. Exactly. Big O. So thank you. So thank you much, guys for coming. Jeff and Christy for coming. It yeah. was such a pleasure right. to have you on today. It was such an amazing such conversation. Such a pleasure. <laughs> such a pleasure. Yes. <laughs>
Thank you guys so much. I've had a great couple of hours with you guys. Because that's, you know, dogs do what dogs do. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 So much much fun. Do you listen to your podcast on iTunes? Be sure to leave us a review. Everyone helps us stay on the chart. And remember. Humility. Gratitude. Acceptance. Done. Hi, y'all. Listening to the last season of This Spiritual Fix may have stirred up for you some awareness of how the mother wound ties into so many of our subconscious needs and desires in our daily lives. Well, we've put together a comprehensive five-week course on this mother wound, complete with meditations, journal prompts, and never-before-seen videos and lectures. This course is designed for you to heal your personal and cosmic attachment wounds, reparent yourself, and surrender to the Great Mother. This course is an intense experience for spiritual seekers, and maybe you're not ready for something that intense yet. So we've put together our version of what we call the Shadow Work Essentials course, the Mother Wound Mini, to give you access and awareness to this wound with tools to process your energy and to remember the Cosmic Mother's love for you. I cannot emphasize enough how much this work has changed my relationship with my partner, my kids, my family, and the world. It can be life-changing for you too. Go to our shop, www.thisspiritualfix.com forward slash shop for more details. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.